Hi, and welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. Glad to have you along, friend, on this edition of our program. I was Googling the word revival earlier today, and I found these Google posts. And these are in the top searches that I found. Revival is a southern restaurant with an award-winning fried chicken. Revival handmade rugs and home goods from the world to your door. Revival Memphis, a nonprofit corporation, provides non-monetary support to organizations within the community. And then this last one, Revival Home, offers a curated selection of furnishings, including antique and vintage furniture, upholstery, lighting, outdoor, and gifts. We're going to talk about revival today, but not from this context. We want to welcome you to the program with our guest, none other than Rob Mullins, Pastor Rob Mullins at Crossroads Baptist Church, and Dr. Jim Whitmire, also from Crossroads Minister of Music. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Interesting Google search, right? Yes. Very much so. It's good. Not heard that before, Byron. Yeah. It's good. Well, Webster's defines revival, an act or instance of reviving, the state of being revived, such as a renewed attention or to an interest in something, a new presentation or publication of something old, a period of renewed religious interest, an often highly emotional evangelistic meeting or series of meetings, and restoration of force, vitality, or an effect as to a contract. Terms, our definitions, our our Google searches, I mean, this is where we are today when we look at revival. But sadly, I think the church, in some degree, gentlemen, has adopted these same definitions. We don't see it anymore. And we're here to talk about the awakening, a time for revival. That's something that's going to be happening at Crossroads Baptist Church. We've got details to provide, but I kind of want to just step into this mm-hmm. by talking about revival and really what it is. Mm. Jim? I think the the world today and, and churches in general, we, we sort of... Uh, put down the word revival. I, I know I was born in 1939, so in the 40s we had the great revivals of Billy Graham, who who started out in uh, 1948 in uh, L.A., California, and he he took the world by storm. And then in the 50s, you know, the great churches were growing all through the United States. First Dallas, you know, uh, first Atlanta. Uh, Bellevue with Dr. Lee, and and so we knew what revival was. And I remember in the years working with Adrian Rogers at Bellevue, we'd have in people like Jack Taylor, Bill Stafford, Junior Hill, Jay Strack, Manley Beasley, um, and even in looking for speakers and preachers today, it's hard to find uh, what we call a revival or awakening pastor and uh, we were talking with the choir our choir has sort of been on a march with the the passion play and then we marched to easter and now we're marching through the revival (laughs) and so i'm calling on them a lot and uh uh, the word awakening I, i teach a class at the seminary and the first great awakening was was in the 18th century it really ran from about 1720 to 1780 or 90 and it 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 was the it brought us the methodist church john and charles wesley were saved during that time it it brought us our constitution and bill of rights and and um and our nation grew up through that great awakening the the southern baptist church was 
settled uh, and and we knew who we were. And then all of a sudden we went down again in the 1800s. But we had a second great awakening with the camp revivals, you know, the out on the camp meetings. The Brush Arbor. Yes. Famous one was the Pine Ridge, Kentucky, Cane Ridge, Kentucky one. And they would have ten to 15,000 people who would bring their wagons and so forth out and preachers would preach you know the bible how to be saved and so that was our country our country yep. grew on that and today we're talking a lot about uh, we're praying for the third great awakening and so that brought out this name for this revival of the awakening to where maybe you know, we can have a third yes. great awakening america certainly needs it and jim leading up to that great awakening that swept through britain and the 13 north american colonies back mm-hmm. in the 1730s and 1740s which you mentioned the movement came at a time when the idea of secular rationalism was being emphasized and passion for religion had grown stale. I mean, isn't it interesting? That's where America was and Britain was at the time leading up to these great revival meetings. Does it sound familiar, Rob? Sounds very familiar. And I think that's what led us to this point a little bit. Actually, when the Lord put this on my heart about a year ago, one of the first people after my wife, Vicki, of course, that I talked to was Dr. Whitmire. And I knew where he would be with it. But really trying to really boil it down to, of course, our homes, uh, my heart. I mean, revival, I don't want to be an impediment to revival or a great awakening in, in my family and in Crossroads Baptist Church or in Memphis or, or internationally. So I'm, I'm asking the Lord, and it's, it's more than an event. And I, and I told our prayer group today that are praying for the awakening that this is not an event. This is really a prayer for a movement of God, mm-hmm. that we're asking God to do it one more time before he parts the eastern sky and it's hard Uh, dr whitmire like i said made uh, reference to this months ago when we talked about it but if you don't mind i'd like to defer to him on something that he's kind of shared a little bit of that he passionately mentioned to the choir and kind of mentioned it to our staff yesterday about how critical something like this is for our church but for probably for any church thank you rob i feel passionate about this because I haven't been in in a revival, I mean, a prepared meeting for maybe 20 years now. You know, churches don't seem to have them anymore. Well, and let me just piggyback on that, Jim, before you continue on. The number of revival meetings in the Southern Baptist Convention has been declining for some years now. 2010, a survey by LifeWay Research said revival meetings were among the five most often used evangelistic events in the Southern Baptist churches. This is kind of where we are. And that's true. You know, you hear the word revival, you yawn and and you roll over in bed and mm-hmm. go back to sleep, or you yeah. go to the lake and, you know, let let the others do that. But I, I told our, our choir, I said, I know you're tired. I know what you've been doing. But I said, we have planned this revival months ago and looking for this. Uh, we tried to extend it into May, but that got us into graduations and so forth. But I said, this is a called <laughs> meeting of the man of God of the church, our pastor, and it's a called meeting of the church of God to call the people of God together to pray and to seek his face for revival. And, you know, that Israel just kept going down and down and down. You know, the northern kingdom was taken in 722 B.C., and then all of a sudden, 100 years later, Nebuchadnezzar comes and he takes off Judah. And if he doesn't judge America, we're doing the same thing 
Israel was burning their children in the fire to to uh, you know God's uh, a fire and and I thought in here we've what sixty seventy million babies we've aborted and uh, he's going to have to raise up Sodom and Gomorrah. Adrian, mm-hmm. you're saying apologize to them if he doesn't do something to America for what we have done and we're telling God to get out of our schools, get out of our courts, get out of you know our our legal system, get out of the government. We want to take you off our money. Uh, we don't need you, God, anymore. And I think in that 18th century, when people's hearts, uh, that the, the Enlightenment was there, and deism, you know, and, and atheism was, was strong, but the church grew so strong. And, of course, during the 19th century, England was the power. The sun never set on on the British Empire around the world, and they they were the people who were sending out the missionaries, and then all of a sudden, America becomes the big uh, leader in the 20th century. You know, we fought two world wars. England was bombed, both in the First World War and in the Second World War. I think we're, we better have some shelters here in America because we may be bombed, too, if we don't turn back to the Lord. To me, this is serious business. Yes. If we don't have revival now, when? Yes, uh, amen. You have to have a planned time, and I don't think any time is going to be the right time, you know, for our schedules are so busy, and we don't have time for all this stuff. But revivals start usually with just two little old ladies praying. Yes. <laughs> There's been so many movements of God started just that way, Jim, as oh, you yeah. mentioned. And Rob, why do you think that most Christians never seek God for revival? I think it's because of what Dr. Whitmire just mentioned. I think we get into the cultural Christianity. Uh, attending church is a box to check off. Mm-hmm. It is, I'm doing good, I'm giving, mm-hmm. uh, I have a ministry over here that I help periodically, and I go to church and I go to Sunday school. And what one generation accepts, the next generation embraces. And I think we see that a lot. If parents do not step up and set the importance of church yeah. and the importance of church attendance and the importance of discipleship and the importance of mm-hmm. studying God's Word and seeking the face of Jesus, then we're doomed, and our churches are just lulled to sleep, and it, it's really a, a very precarious time. Jim mentioned the name Manly Beasley a few moments ago, and I remember one of the last times, probably close to the last times before his death, when he came to downtown Bellevue to preach a revival. His body was so eaten with cancer, he couldn't really walk. He had to be taken and escorted up on the platform by two men to help him get up there. Yes. But I never will forget it. I just get telling a story, I get chills thinking about it how the Spirit of God, once he opened up the Bible and started preaching and mm-hmm. started moving around that platform, right. you knew that God was there. Mm-hmm. Not just because that was an event or a, a meeting, like you said, Jim. As a young man, I saw the power of God, and I saw a man of faith trusting God to do a work through him. Mm-hmm. And I've always thought back to that time. Oh, oh, yes. And when the Holy Spirit is there, there's freedom and liberty. And I'm sure you saw the energy that the Holy Spirit gave him yes. you know, that night yes. or, or those times when he spoke because it, it just took a hold of him and you realize you're in, in the presence of greatness. Can either of you gentlemen recall a landmark spiritual moment in your journey with Christ where attending a revival made a significant impact on your life? I would say for me, uh, a number of years um, serving at Germantown Baptist Church here uh, in the 80s, 
that we had a scheduled revival every fall. Dr. Story, the pastor, would bring in the musicians, and he would invite um, – golly, I'm thinking of Jay Strack. I'm thinking of David Ring. You all know David. And I remember a particular night – of course, we would – go to Germantown High School and other schools around town, and we would take 100 pizzas, and whoever was speaking would literally speak to the school and give a gospel invitation. I mean, that's how open the schools were then. Mm -hmm. And so we would fill the place up, not just with uh, older people, but we'd have students there. And I never will forget in that meeting a simple invitation given by Jay Strack to where the kids flooded down the aisle. And I remember for me thinking, it is worth it for a hundred pizzas. It is worth it for a million pizzas. It's worth it to pray, to seek the face of God. It's worth it for the parents in this room mm-hmm. to see what God has done in the hearts of their kids. Yes. And that one yeah. period right there can change the entire trajectory of these young people, mm-hmm. Jim. Some of them, who who knows who might be pastoring now, maybe serving Christ overseas, mm-hmm. or maybe just being a godly mom and dad raising their kids to fear God. Yes. I know in a revival, it seemed like it may have been Bill Stafford was preaching, Adrian Rogers was preaching, but when Adrian Rogers first came to First Baptist Church, Merritt Island, he inherited me. I, I had already been hired on. I told someone I don't think he would have ever called me <laughs> if he had known me like I was. But, you know, as I heard him preach, I'd never heard him by like that. And his preaching started getting into the core of me where I, I was really questioning, am I saved or not? Then we had this revival. It was a time, and he would always bring in a, a, a Stafford or a, a Manly Beasley. I mean, he loved those men. I came under conviction during a revival, and I had uh, worked, and I was going home quickly to eat quick dinner and get get back and get the choir ready for the revival that night. And all of a sudden, I stopped at a red light, and I said, Lord, I need peace about whether I'm saved or not. I said, am I living a lie as a minister of music here, working with Adrian Rogers, and, and I'm not saved? And I said, right now, if I've never been saved, I accept you now as my Lord and Savior, I, I want to settle it right now. Yes. I was at a red light, and I said, Lord, if you don't settle it with me, then you're a liar. And I, I couldn't believe I said that because I, I, I wasn't raised to talk to God like that. And so I quickly looked to my left to look at the guy who was uh, stopped at the red light with me, and I thought maybe he'd heard me say that, and he hadn't. Our windows were rolled up, and the air conditioning <laughs> was on in Florida. But I remember a peace that came over me. At that moment, Amen. Buddy. And you know, by faith, I had just cast myself on Him. Amen. Yes. And it was exactly what I needed to do. Wow. And and later on, I went forward in that revival to say I was baptized when I was ten. I thought I was saved, but uh, last night, you know, on. On, at a red light, you know, I gave my heart to Christ, and so I came down the aisle for rebaptism. That was hard for me to do yes. as a, as the minister of music to do that. And after that was over, I had to make a long story longer. I said, "Lord, I want to know when I was saved. Was mm. I saved that day at the red light? Was I saved at ten when I was walked down the aisle? No one ever counseled with me. I was just baptized, or I remembered a time when I was fifteen years old and I was teaching." in a little mission uh, vacation Bible school in uh, 
uh, Piketon, Ohio, and I went forward with the kids. You know, I was I was a 15 year old teaching them, but I gave my heart to Christ that night, and and I realized when I when I prayed and asked God, He should I was saved when I was 15, and I did need to get my baptism right. So Adrian Rogers baptized me. Yes, wow, and and that settled the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But it was because there was that revival meeting. It it gave me a time in history. When I had to make a decision, I mean, I was just being bombarded by, by my doubts, and and I said, you know, and the revival was saying, get it right. And uh, was it those meetings that God used oh, yeah. to stir your heart to, yes. to help to cause you to question that? Yeah, I mean, if I'd stayed home, you know, or gone fishing or something, you know, I wouldn't have, uh, I wouldn't have been asked those questions, or the Holy Spirit couldn't have gotten through to me. How about for you, Rob? When did you come to faith in Christ? Uh, I was 10 years old. Of course, I attended First Baptist Church here in Memphis. R. Paul Caldwell was the pastor, very conservative gentleman. He and Dr. Pollard were very close friends. Had a church uh, camp that I was invited to, uh, Chickasaw, Chickasaw State Park, Brian, right oh, yeah. up the road about 100 miles. They had a campfire service that extended an invitation. And uh, I knew that, it, that I can point back, a little bit like Dr. Whitmire, but a little bit more definitively for me i know that at that point i gave all i knew of me to all i knew of jesus and i knew that i needed him in my life only to find out that the following summer my dad would die suddenly and so i was fatherless at 11 years of age and the church there became father to the fatherless for me and as a result i think that set my life on a trajectory of uh, maybe having my heart tenderized toward people and certainly toward the lord to where today i'm working on 47 years of ministry, you know, and and very grateful for that. Yes. Well, you mentioned that you've been planning the Awakening Revival Meeting for some time. When did you start planning it? How did you decide to pick these particular preachers and the special music to come? That's a great word. I'll speak to the preachers first and let Dr. Whitmire speak to the musicians. For me personally, two years, and me and Vicki, my wife and I, praying for some time. Then Dr. Whitmire was the first that I went to it with, and he said, like he always does, yes, you know, <laughs> oh, it'll cost money. I don't care. That's usually Dr. Whitmire's uh, answer is I don't care how much it costs. But uh, in all seriousness, <laughs> thank, we, uh, thank you <laughs> we, we just began to pray, and then we started just uh, – us and our executive team staff, mm-hmm. we just started bouncing around names and people, and we wanted it to be diverse. And uh, uh, Dr. Whitmire had heard – David Shepard, who will be kicking our event off on Sunday night, is a pastor in Walnut, Mississippi, a former missionary to India, a Mid-America Ph.D., and uh, he was, Dr. Whitmire was really impressed with him from Founders Day. So I listened, and I thought, perfect, that would be a great someone to involve. And then uh, he was – Dr. Whitmire is more familiar with the Revises out of North Jacksonville Baptist Church than I was. I knew of Josh through student ministry and college ministry, who is the son of Herb Revis junior who is the senior pastor in north jacksonville and from there uh we decided both of those and they quickly said yes then i'm real close to steve wiggins we call him wigbone yeah uh, by the way he was named by zz top at ardent studios that's how he got his name and his handle <laughs> wigbone and steve and i have been very close since my college ministry days at, at bellevue and i knew whenever we had something like this i wanted steve to be involved of course he's now the groundworks ministries an incredible bible teacher verse yes. by verse has a passion to disciple people in the Word of God and is doing it regularly. Steve's a dear friend, too, who's been on this program several times. I guess really finding not just people who are known, that's not the idea. It's finding people 
who are really walking with Christ, and you know have a fruitful ministry, Jim, mm-hmm. and you've seen the results of their ministry, oh, yeah. you want to connect with them in revival meetings. Absolutely. And, you know, today, who do you call? Uh, again, there's not a list. Uh, we, th- we can think of David Jeremiah's and all these, but they, they're the ones who fill the FedEx Forum and so forth. And we're looking for uh, those men who will uh, uh, preach, and uh, the Holy Spirit has his hand on them. And uh, uh, Dr. Shepard, uh, I heard him speak to uh, Mid-America Seminary students, and, and I thought, oh, my goodness, every pastor ought to hear what he's saying to these students, being a missionary and a professor in, in the northeast um, New York State. And uh, so I, I think he's going to be a blessing. Uh, Josh and Herb Revis are marvelous father and son. Uh, Josh will be on Monday night, and, and Herb will be on Wednesday night. He's going to close out the revival, but he was the one who took Adrian Rogers' place at the end of Founders' Days at the seminary. You know, Adrian always preached on Founders' yes. Days, the last sermon, the 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 place. Um, and uh, so uh, when Adrian died, uh, they called and they asked Herb Revis to do it. So, so he did it for several years. Uh, but he's just – he's funny. You served together with him, didn't you? At- no. I was in Jacksonville working w- with uh, Mac Brunson at First Baptist Church Jacksonville. But Herb is at North Jacksonville. North, okay. And I would hear him every Sunday morning on TV while I was getting dressed to go to First Jacksonville. And I loved him. I, he, he blessed me so much and um, just – you know he 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 he's he's tough he's funny but uh he he's a great one to to close it out i think um the the other thing that i'd like dr Whitmire to speak to if you don't mind is um the music was seemed to me to be easy for who we wanted and of course we me being a non-musician, uh, that was an easy defer to That's Dr. not your forte, Rob? Not my forte. I love music. <laughs> I, I love music. I love to sing. But Dr. Whitmire quickly came up with a couple of folks who love Jesus, who you can count on the, lyrically for them to be singing. Jesus. I have to say, I believe they're anointed yeah. in yes. their singing. There's a difference. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. you can take a, a song and, and sing it, but there's a difference when you hear somebody take a song and sing it that's anointed, Jim. Yes, yeah. Uh, Charles Billingsley is one of those people, and Jamie Parker and Dana, but Charles is uh, has been a friend for years, and Adrian Rogers loved him. You know, we had him several times at, at Bellevue, and uh, in fact, it's interesting that he grew up at First Baptist Church Jacksonville. He was a youth there. Uh, of course, when I went there, he was already grown and doing concerts. But he still does concerts with David Jeremiah yes. and sings, you know, at huge crusades. For a while, he was at Shadow Mountain, uh, California, with David Jeremiah as his worship leader. Now he's gone back to Lynchburg. He's back in Lynchburg, he, yeah, where he teaches and he preaches once a. A month at the Thomas Road Baptist Church. I didn't realize that, but he's a wow. he's a preacher too. But uh, and uh, he you know he works there as a uh, adjunct professor in the music uh, department there at Liberty. So he'll be wonderful. And of course, Jamie. So many people in the Mid South area know yes, him. Yes. Jamie is one that you can put on stage, and people are drawn to him. I mean, he's he's got whatever it is. It's that it. 
factor. I remember when the Gaithers came through, they invited him to come sing with them at oh, one of yeah. the concerts down yeah. at the Orpheum. He did. <laughs> yeah. I saw that that night. In fact, I think I was in Jacksonville when I saw that, and I thought, yes, you know, they. I mean, they knew him well enough and trusted him yes. that they would bring him up on stage at the Orpheum. I, I told him on the phone the other day, he, he, he was the one that I could call on in an instant to sing a solo, and even one that he did, didn't know that well. Uh, he had the music in front of him, which he never, you know, looks at music. But every once in a while, he glanced down. But he sang that solo as if he knew it by heart. But yeah. you know, he just has an ease about him that really draws people. Of course, his wife Dana, so precious together yes. when they sing. Really, the dynamic duel, the anointed <laughs> singing together. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Again, it's going to be starting Sunday night, Rob, uh, at Crossroads Baptist Church. There, just across the street from Briarcrest Christian School, 125 Houston Levy Road. I guess that's called Eads, Tennessee. I didn't realize that was Eads. But right across from the campus of Briarcrest Christian School, the times for each night. Of course, Sunday night's the first night, right? Yes, correct. We'll be 7 o'clock every night. Child care will be provided. Uh, if you call our church or go online, there'll be a way just for you to register child care. And I want to follow up what Dr. Whitmer said. We are emphasizing if you are a young family, we, we know it's involved school nights. It would be a little bit more of, of a struggle to get your family there. Please, please, please don't miss it. Have your kids in child care with us. Come. I promise you, you'll leave blessed. And it will be a good thing for you to show your children, too. I know prayer is foundational for any revival or movement of God, that people are humbling themselves for Christ. I'm sure your church and ministry has been spending time in prayer for these meetings. Yes. As a matter of fact, I just um, reminded our church in our prayer time. We've had Wednesday prayer lunches. Three years ago, uh, I, I challenged our church to what I call the, the 7 uh, 14 challenge, 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., to remember and pray for revival. And it's, of course, based on Second Chronicles 7 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. There are a number of people. I heard from someone this morning and someone at lunch today that every 714 a.m. and p.m. they pause to pray for revival, a great awakening. And Vicki and I have done that for now almost three years. And I'd like to extend that invitation to all of our Bot Radio Network listeners. You don't have to be a member of Crossroads Baptist yes, Church please. to take that same invitation. Maybe you can't personally attend these meetings. Would you still pray for revival in your own heart, in your church, in our community, in our nation? We have got, as Rob said, humble ourselves before God, before we're going to see healing and change. God bless you, my friends. Thank you, Jim Whitmire. Thank you, Rob Mullins, for coming by. Friends, if you want more information about the, the revival coming up, the awakening, a time of revival, April 24th through the 27th, Crossroads Baptist Church, go to the website, crossroadsmemphis.com, crossroadsmemphis.com. God bless you, my friends. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.